0: There's no issue that he can't deal with. There's no there's no trial that you'll ever go through that he don't walk with it with you. Amen? Amen. If you have your Bibles, turn real quickly. Remain standing for just a second. We'll read a verse or two. Uh, James chapter number one. James chapter number one. It's good to be in the house of the Lord today. Amen. How many are glad Brother Jalen's back with us? He's all healed up and ready to go. Amen? <sighs> not bad, not bad. Amen. Amen. All right, we are we are here today Uh, We've been going through if you're here for the first time today uh, for several months several weeks We've been going through the Bible taking each different section of the Bible uh, The prophets uh, the poetical books the, the the Pentateuch the first five books of the Bible all the way through the New Testament The Gospels the Acts and 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 now we are in the 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 epistles the general epistles the general letters if you will uh, they're they're labeled that because uh, they were not written to a specific person or a specific congregation, and uh, they are written for our benefit. Say amen, right there. Amen. This is James, First and Second Peter, First and Second Third John, and the Book of Jude. So we're going to cover basically four 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 writers. Uh, we know that Peter has two letters, and John has three letters. So we're going to talk about them, but we're going to put them all together. If that makes sense, say amen. That is the second to the last section of the Bible. The last section is the book of Revelation. We're going to be doing that next week. And I promise you, you do not want to miss the book of Revelation. Uh, There is a special touch. There is a special anointing on that particular book. Uh, The last time I did it was on a Wednesday night and I had an hour to do it. Uh, But I'm only going to have 30 minutes this time. So I'm going to have to talk real fast. Amen. But don't. I'm telling you, don't miss it. Uh, there is a special special touch on that book. Amen. Well let's look if the guys will go ahead and put up the verse that, that we normally start out with on this particular this particular message. Uh, here in First in, in Corinthians chapter 13, uh, we find paul is speaking about he's speaking about different gifts He's speaking about prophecies and uh, 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 uh we he's speaking about tongues and all kind of things He says, you know prophecies are going to fail tongues will cease He says but there's going to be three things that remain three basic, uh, uh basic characteristics of the christian life uh, uh basic graces if you will it says now abideth faith Hope and charity say those three things with me these three, but the greatest of these, is charity. Now what does charity mean? Love. love. So faith, hope and love. these are the very basic elements of the Christian life. And this is how we're going to do this. The book of James talks about faith. The book of Peter, first and second Peter talk about hope. And then James, or excuse me, first uh, and second, third, John, deal with the subject of love. And then we're going to talk about Jude, which deals with the Christian fight. The Christian hope, the Christian faith, the Christian love, and the Christian fight. Are you all ready? Say amen. Amen. Let's look in James chapter number 1. James 1 verse 1. James, a servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ, to the 12 tribes which are scattered abroad, greeting. My brethren, count it all joy when ye fall into divers temptations. In other words, get happy when you have problems. (laughs) How many... I mean, I don't know, some of this Bible is easy preaching but hard living. <laughs> I have problems. Are you serious? He says, count it joy. Now watch. Knowing this, he tells why. Knowing this, that the trying or the testing of your faith worketh patience. But let patience have her perfect work, that ye may be perfect and entire, wanting or needing nothing. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for a full house. Thank you for a good song service. We feel the spirit of the Lord in this place. Now, Lord, more than any time of this service, we need the anointing and the touch and the favor of God today. And I pray that you'll bless and help. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Is this microphone all right? It seems like it's popping or something. Are we good? Can I continue? All right. Uh, here, here's here's how we're going to do this. We're, we're not going to go into great detail of each of these books, but we're going to highlight we're going to highlight the main parts of it. So let's, let's take James first. James deals with the subject of faith. Faith is very important. Your Christian walk began with faith. The Bible says, for by grace are you saved through faith, that not of yourself, it is the gift of God. We began this Christian walk with faith. But then the Bible says we're not only saved by faith, we walk by faith. We live by faith. We behave by faith. What, preacher, what do you mean by that? I'm not basing what I do and what I believe and what I stand for by what I can see. I'm not, I'm not trusting in this world's economy. I'm trusting in his economy. I'm not trusting in the things that's happening because if you start looking at Fox News and you start looking at the world around you, you're going to be a very depressed person. Even when it's bad in the White House, it may be bad in the State House, but I'm glad everything's all right in the Father's house. Amen. So we walk by faith. We walk in trust and confidence in the Lord who saved us. But the Bible also says this, that we cannot please him without faith. Without faith, we cannot make him happy. For without faith, it is impossible to please him. For we must believe that he is and a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Amen? We have to have faith. Jesus is tickled to death with faith. When he was here on this earth, in Mark chapter number 2, the Bible says that there were so many people in the house that you couldn't even get in the door. But four old boys, they had a friend that was sick. They—he Listen, he had an issue. He had a problem. He was crippled laying on the bed, and these boys were bound and determined to get him to Jesus. They got to the house. It was so full, they went up to the rooftop and cut the roof out. They was rednecks. Say amen. No doubt about it. These boys said, we're not going to be denied. They cut the roof out and lower lower their friend to Jesus. And this is Jesus' response. Check them out. Look, look, Look at their faith. He wasn't even looking at the crippled guy. The Bible says he was looking at those four and said, look at their faith. And because of their faith, he healed the crippled guy. Preacher, what are you saying? God is tickled when he finds faith. Jesus is walking, doing his daily thing, and he comes to a a centurion, a man of authority, a man of power, and this guy had an issue. He had someone sick at his home, and he said, Jesus, would you please help me? And Jesus said, okay, take me to him. He said, oh, no, 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 no. I'm not even worthy for you to come to my house, but I know all you got to do is say the word, and everything will be all right. And you know what Jesus said? Check him out. Look at his faith. Look at his faith. You see, it's not whining that gets God's attention. It's not even tears that gets God's attention. It is real, genuine faith. God cares about our faith. And this is what James begins to speak about. He, he talks about the process of faith. Say that with me. the Do you realize that every Christian goes through a process? The moment you begin to follow the Lord Jesus Christ, the moment that you put your faith in him and you trust in him, guess what you're going to find? Trials and temptations. That's why James said, count it all joy when you fall into divers temptations. Now, the word temptations doesn't mean like a temptation to sin or to do wrong. That word means a trial, a difficulty. He said, you're going to face trials in your life. Isn't it amazing? I, I, I love watching baby Christians because I, I went through the same thing. That when you get saved, I mean, you come to God to solve all your problems. You come to God to change your life. And it seems like after you get saved, all hell breaks loose. Amen. Have you ever noticed that? Amen. Everything goes wrong. The kids go crazy on you. The dog wants to bite you. The people won't talk to you. The car breaks down. And you think, what in the world, God, are you doing? I have given you my life, and now you're letting everything fall apart. Well, guess what? You're in the process. Abraham, when God called Abraham, he said, I want you to go to a place that I'm going to send you. And he went to that place. He was in the perfect will of God. And guess what was waiting on him when he got there to where God told him to go? A famine. You know what he did? He left there and went to Egypt. You know what he did with his test? He failed it. Thank God. You say, preacher, you're thanking God for a failed test? Yeah, because if it's a dude as good as Abraham failed it, we're in good shape How many of y'all have ever failed a test But guess what he took another one and passed it And then he took another one and failed it and then he took another one and he passed it preacher What is that saying guys don't get discouraged when you mess up? I didn't say don't worry about it Because we need to deal with it and come to God with our issues and our failures, right? I'm not, I'm not sitting here telling you don't worry about sin and don't worry about mistakes. I'm saying don't get discouraged. When you do mess up, bring it to Jesus. When you do have issues, bring it to Jesus. Don't throw in the towel. Don't say, well, I'm no good at this Christianity, this Christianity stuff. I'm no good at this faith stuff. I'm no good at this. I'm just going to throw in the towel. No, 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 don't do that. Don't do that. That just means you got to take the test again. And God will help you through it. Life, this life of faith is a life of ups and downs. It will be like a roller coaster, but thank God we'll end the rides. Amen. There's a process of faith. Faith is not all, I wish it was all ice cream and cherries, but it's not. It's a, it's, a, it's a life of problems. It's a life of failure, but it's a life of success too. It's a life of victory and conquering. One day we're going to stand there. We may be bloody and we may be bruised, but one day we're going to stand on the winning side. Amen? James talks about the process of faith. Then he, he talks about the practice, the practice of faith. You know, here's the thing. You know what he says in James chapter number 2? He gets really, James is, is, is a cool book to study because he don't, he don't pull no punches. He tells it just like it is. You know what he said in James chapter number 2? He said, faith without works is dead. Now, let me translate that into Alabama terminology. If you're going to walk it, you, or excuse me, you're going to talk it, you better walk it. Don't come in here and look all churchy don't come in here and, and look all religious and, and sing, Oh, how I love Jesus, and go out there and live like, Oh, how I'm living for the devil. Right. Are y'all with me? Amen. He said, this is, this is how he described it. I, we just taught on this Wednesday night when it was like an iceberg in here. Amen. Uh, we, we, we taught on this subject uh, that, that faith, here's what James is saying. If the kind of faith that you're claiming, how many of y'all know everybody claims to be saved? You're not going about any door in Coleman. They say, yes, I'm a Christian, but yet only less than 20% attend church. Oh, yeah, everybody's a Christian. Everybody claims faith, but this is what James says about it. If the faith that you claim did not produce a change in your life, if the, if the faith that you say you have did not produce a change, did it not produce good works in your life, did it not produce something in your life, he said I wouldn't depend on that faith. Cuz that faith is dead. But you may tell you about a living faith. A living faith will produce a change. A living faith will produce works. A living faith will come and it will make you want to do for God what you didn't before. We can't just talk it. We got to walk it. There's too many there's too many lip service Christians today. Let me tell you why Christianity is not exploding in the United States because there's too many Christians claiming it but not living it. Let me give you an illustration. Let's, let's just get real for a second. Can we do that? Look, do you me tell you when waitresses and waiters hate to work? Sunday. And that's not because they're going to miss church, because many of them don't go to church. and the reason many of them don't go to church? Is because the rudest people they deal with is on Sunday. Them ones that come right after church with their Sunday suit on that expect service out of this world and expect people to... And, and by the way, Sunday, everything's full, so you know those waiters and wages are working wide open as hard as they can go, and you tip 50 cents. Shame on you. I said it. want to complain about all your food and everything. And and look, man, me and my wife's a little different. If it's wrong when they get there, I suffer through and thank Jesus and ask him to bless it and help me eat it. I ain't sending nothing back because I watch 2020. Say amen. You can believe what you want. But them, them folks back there are brutal, amen. <laughs> Nothing's going back. It can be completely wrong. Sir, how is your... Man? Wonderful. <laughs> Wonderful. <laughs> Wonderful. Now, I'm being just a little facetious, but here's the point. When are they going to see Jesus in us? I mean, you can, you can, ask, you can ask any of them. I've, done, I've heard this on the radio. I've, I've talked a different way. They all say the same thing. What in the world are they hearing in that church to treat us like this out in the restaurant? And you know what James is saying? Shame on us! What we hear and act and behave in here should be translated out there. Let me tell you what'll get people to come to church—that we'll live out there like we was here. There's too many people that this is a this is a side deal. We go to church, and then when we leave, we do the rest of our life. This should be an everyday thing. This should be a lifestyle. Faith is not just about Sunday. Faith is about being Jesus on Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday. And th- Are you all with me? So there, pr- faith should be practiced, James teaches us. Not only do we see the, the process of faith and the practice of faith, but we see the, the power of faith. In the last verses, he begins to talk about the power of prayer and the prayer of faith. He said, Is there any sick among you? Is there any afflicted? Let him pray. Let the elders of the church come and, and anoint them with oil. And he says, This is what he says the prayer of faith will save the sick. How many of y'all believe that God answers prayer? Here's the deal this is what we need to get. He answers a prayer of faith. The old saying is this, the old cliche is this if you're going to doubt, don't pray. And if you're going to pray, don't doubt. Pray believing. Pray knowing that God can. You may, tell you, you may tell you what I think is a big hiccup with a lot of Christians. It is with me. This is one thing I struggle with sometimes. And maybe you're, maybe you're in the same boat with me. A lot of times, it's not that I don't think that God can. I believe with all my heart, all my life. I grew up in church my whole life, ever since I was a little bit a kid. And there ain't a thing in this world I don't believe God can do. Sometimes it's will he. How many of y'all have ever struggled with that? I know God can answer this prayer, but I wonder if God will answer this. How many of y'all have had that same issue? Listen, believe it if it's the will of God. If it's the will of God, I promise you, there's no devil in hell that can keep him from answering your prayer. Faith is so important. Faith is so important. It is important enough for God to check it all the time. He's going to check it all the time. Faith that can't be tested can't be trusted. And all God's people said, Amen. faith. Then the second thing, Peter, we find not only faith, but Peter begins to talk about, he, he begins to talk about hope. Now, hope is, hope is really important. But if we could really get it, who he's speaking to, let me help you understand more about who, who and what the type of people that Peter is speaking to. This is how we can relate to it, and it will make more sense to us. How many of y'all have been watching the news about what's going over in, in Syria? In Iraq with Isis and 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 all the, the the atrocities I'm talking about I'm talking about mutilating and murdering children So all that's not going on that's going on During our during our missions month <clears throat> During our missions month we have a we have a missionary that's here and it's kind of you know It's kind of a uh, uh, semi-secret because his life is in danger when he goes back over there So we can't promote and put stuff up But He allowed me to sit with him. He couldn't he couldn't show us on screen in here because it was just too graphic For for little people and all that but we sat in the Cracker Barrel and was eating breakfast and he turned his laptop around He said let me show you what isis is doing In the middle of iraq. He showed different living rooms And and most of you know that they live generationally over there in one household You'll have the grandparents the parents the children grandchildren. They'll all be in the same house And he showed me pictures of families murdered. Grandparents, parents, the children, the babies. All in a living room, strewn across the living room. Simply because they would not deny Christ. They They would not conform to Islam. Family after family. This was not just one picture. It was a multitude of pictures. People that they are trying to minister to over there and rescue. And get out of there and get out of the country. Preacher, what are you saying? There are people today that are in great persecution. And this is the type of people that Peter was speaking to. Peter was talking to people who were going through trials. They were going through persecution. They were going and being burnt at the stake. They were being murdered for their faith. And this is what he tells them. This is what he tells them in in 1 Peter. He says this. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, which according to his abundant mercy hath begotten us again unto a lively hope by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. He begins his letter with saying, Hey, we have hope, guys. Don't be discouraged. Don't be despaired. We have hope. God has given us hope. He says in verse verse number 6, Wherein ye greatly rejoice, though now for a season, if need be, ye are in heaviness through manifold temptation manifold trials that the trial of your faith being much more precious than of gold which perishes though it be tried with fire might be found unto praise and honor and glory at the appearing of jesus christ beloved verse chapter 4 verse 12 beloved think it not strange concerning the fiery trial which is to try you as though some strange thing happened unto you but rejoice inasmuch as ye are partakers of Christ's sufferings, that when his glory shall be revealed, you may be glad also with exceeding joy. Preacher, what are you saying? I'm saying there's a need for hope. He said, don't be surprised when hard times come. He said, think it not strange concerning the fiery trial, which is a trial. In other words, don't be surprised when you face a difficulty. Don't be surprised when you face a problem. He said in that first chapter, I I love the way the terminology gives us. It says, though now for a season, though now for a season, what does that tell us? Our hardships, our difficulties, our trials, the things that breaks our heart, the things that brings tears to our eyes, it's just seasonal. They will pass. The Bible says, weeping endureth for a night, but joy cometh in the morning. Ladies and gentlemen, today I'm here to tell you that you may be in the valley of despair, the valley of death. You may have received bad news, and you may be discouraged to the end of your life, but I want to tell you, there is hope in Jesus. This this trial that you are in, it's seasonal. It's seasonal. It did not come to stay. It came to pass. The Bible says, yea, though I walk through the valley. I'm not staying. I'm going through. Say amen. Amen. I love this other part, too, in that verse. It says, though now for a season. here's, here's Here's an important part. If need be. If need be. What does that mean? If I'm going through it, I need it. If I'm going through it, I need it. There is nothing that you'll ever go through. No trial, no, no, no struggle, no issue, no, no hardship you'll ever go through that hasn't been filtered through the fingers of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. I, I, re- I remember when I first came to temple, in my first year, I was so discouraged. There was a certain period of time in that deal that, that, that I'd done made up my mind I was leaving. I I just had issues going on my uh, just in my own mind and 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 struggles and I'd I'd gone down to florida and I and I'd done talked with my my dad because he wanted me to come down there anyway And uh, and I was sitting with dr. Craig edwards. Some of y'all may remember. He's a preaching uh, 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 coon hunter say amen god's anointing is upon him. Amen He he pastors up in in north carolina And he was he was at my dad's and I, I was sitting there talking to him and uh and I mean like for 30 minutes, I was telling him every problem every issue every everything that was worrying me everything that I was just uh, Frustrated with and just I mean just throwing up on him about th- about 30 minutes He never said a word. I just kept on And I said, what do you think? He looked me dead in my eyes and said, you know what? You're right where you need to be Don't you hate spiritual people? You know what he said? he said (laughs) I thought to myself where was you at the last 30 minutes I just got through telling you all this stuff hey man he brought uh, he he said you know dr. Lee Robertson dr. Lee Robertson pastor in Chattanooga and uh, and and at one time had the largest Sunday school in the world I mean the dude knew how to build a church It, it was incredible just an awesome man of God and toward the end of his ministry they asked him said uh said said dr. Robertson what's made you the man that you are he said hmm he said, well, whatever man I am, he said, without, without, even, without even thinking, he said, all the problems that I've been through has made me the man I am today. Preacher, what are you saying? I'm saying this. Everybody's going to go through something. Everybody's going to go through a trial. Every Christian. Just because you're in a trial doesn't mean you're a bad Christian. It might mean that God may be maturing you and developing you and building you up. And strengthening you Well, why I thought we was talking about hope all you've talked about is trials. Well, guess what? Look what peter says He says this we see the need for hope then the nature of hope watch what he says first peter 1 13 wherefore gird up the loins of your mind be sober and say it with me and And hope to the end for the grace that is to be brought unto you at the revelation of jesus christ second peter 3 8 but beloved, be not ignorant of this one thing, that one day is with the Lord as a thousand years, and a thousand years is one day. The Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some men count slackness, but is long suffering to usward, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. The day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night, in the which the heavens shall pass away with a great noise, and the elements shall melt with fervent heat. The earth also and the works that are therein shall be burned up. What was Peter doing? What was he doing? What would he say to encourage people who were under great manifold trials and, and struggles and being tortured and murdered and, and persecuted. He says, have no fear, children of God. Jesus is coming soon. Amen. When the fire gets hot down here, just remember, this world is not your home. You're just passing through. You say, preacher, they're about to take my house. Well, be good cheer because he's building you a house that no man can take. He says he is not slack concerning his promise. What is his promise? Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. What is his promise? He says, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there ye may be also. He said in 1 Thessalonians 4, 16, for the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout with the voice of the archangel and the trump of God and the dead in Christ shall rise first and we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together to be with him in the cloud somebody give him praise and glory <laughs> hallelujah when you're ready to quit when you're ready to throw in the towel, when you're ready to give up, when you're ready to just throw it all in, just remember He's coming soon. He could be today. It could be tonight. It could be any hour. Somebody say amen. Hallelujah. I didn't mean to say all that, but I'm glad I did. Amen. Amen. I've got a scar, I think, busted open. I'm about to die. Amen. Ooh. Amen. Somebody call nine one one. Amen. There was a, there was an there was an older an older missionary pastor where I went to Bible college. His name was Brother Melvin Minniter. and he he was a missionary he, he was a missionary to, to the migrant camps. You see, all over South Carolina, there's camps. There's migrant camps where it's seasonal. They'll come in, and they'll, they'll pick the peaches, and they'll come in and prune the trees and all that, and, 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 and migrant workers will come, and, 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 and can't even speak the English language. They'll come, and they'll, they'll do the, the, the work, and they have camps, and, and he would go every week, and he'd preach in them camps. He'd preach about Jesus coming soon, and I'm telling you, he was one of the... And he was, he was sick. He was feeble. And if you was to look, humanly speaking, he had nothing to look forward to. He had nothing to be excited about because his life was hard and difficult. He didn't have a, he didn't have a cool tent to preach in. He didn't have a big crowd that would come and hear him speak. It would be, and, and, I, and I say this with ultimate respect, but I, I'm, I'm trying to get you to understand from human perspective, lowly migrant workers was his only congregation. But every time you've seen him, He is walking this high off the ground. Every time you see him, you'd think he was was drinking a drink mixed with Mountain Dew and Red Bull. Say amen. He would make his coffee with Red Bull and see noises. Say amen right there. Every time you saw him, he was excited, and he had a cane. He'd wave it in the air. I'm telling you, it'd get good at church, and he'd get excited, and he couldn't help it. Woo! And he'd wave that cane. And you better hope you wasn't close. Say amen. And I was at the gas station one day out in Edgefield, South Carolina, going out going out uh, uh, toward the migrant camps where he was going. I was just getting gas, and I just happened to look, you know, down the, like the, the gas pumps, you see him down there? And I saw him. He didn't really know me, but I knew him from church. And, and uh, I said, hey, Brother Melvin, how you doing? He said, "Whoa, Jesus could come back today. <laughs> I said, okay, brother, amen. <laughs> scared me to death, amen. What. <laughs> Say preacher what's the point every time I saw him? He was excited about life not because life was good. It's because of what it was going to be He was anticipating and expecting Jesus to come any moment Let me ask you a question. How would your life change if you thought he was coming tonight? How would you worry about your problems if you knew he was coming tonight? I got bills let him have it. We're leaving do you realize he could come before this service is over? Amen. I said in the second service, then Jalen would have to dismiss. Say, man, no, I'm kidding. He's, hopefully he's going with it. Say, man, amen. amen. I'm, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I would say it was the medicine, but I didn't take any today. Hey, man, that was, that was just meanness right there is what that was. I mean, honestly, guys, honestly. How many of you are looking forward to Jesus coming back? Can you imagine what that's going to be like? No more problems. No more bills. No more sickness. I'm just about to get over. I still got a lingering call, but I'm about to get over that junk. Man, I don't want that no more at all. No more cancer. No no more issues that we deal with in this life. Listen, if you're discouraged, cheer up. We're fixing to leave. Jesus is truly coming soon. And I hope you're ready. Amen? Listen, let's, let's do, let's do, uh, where are we at? John, John, John. I, I'll, I'll be brief right here. I, I kind of run a rabbit there. <clears throat> John talks about love. He talks about love. And, and, and the first thing he deals with is God's love to us. Look what he says. Look what he says in, in, in this verse. We see the example of love. 1 John 3 says, what manner, look, look what how God loves us. He made us one of his family. What manner of love the Father hath bestowed upon us that we should be called the sons of God. 1 John three sixteen hereby perceive. The word perceive means to see, become aware of, understand. We perceive the love of God because he laid down his life for us and we ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. Watch this here. And this was manifested the love of God toward us that because that God sent His only begotten Son into the world that we might live through Him Herein is love. Not that we love God, but that He loved us us and sent His Son to be the propitiation for our sins. Here's how this works, guys. The Bible says we love God because, because there's a catalyst. There's something that calls us to love Him. We love him because he first, he first loved us. What does that mean? Uh, We can break it down this way. If you want to put the the next word, uh, he he then tells us not only that God loves us, but we need to love everybody else. That's the expression of love. If you're taking notes, that's the expression of love. But, But here's how this works. We love others because he first loved us. What does that mean? It means this. Spouses, you can't truly love your spouse till you understand God's love to you. Because love, true, real, show-enough sure love comes from God. Let me, let me put it this way. Let me put it this way. I've had people come to me that's been through just horrific situations in their life. And they say, I want to I help other hurt people because I've been hurt before. I said, there's only one problem. Hurt people hurt people. You can't help other people just because you've been hurt. You have to be healed. Then you can help other people. Let me tell you why some spouses abuse other spouses. Because they was abused when they was growing up. it's, it's It's a vicious cycle. Hurt people hurt people. When you've been hurt, guess what you'll do? You'll reciprocate that and you'll hurt others. That person at work that you can't stand that irritates you all the time and that hurts your feelings listen It may be that they've been hurt themselves And it's hard to reciprocate something you haven't had That's why it's hard for people to forgive people that's never received god's forgiveness But when you receive his love you can't help but love others My dad he's so he's so funny. He he, he grew up in a bad time in america I mean, a real difficult time where people hated people. People hated other people that had no right to hate other people, but he grew up and was taught and learned to hate people and and, and certain groups of people, and and, and he did it well. But there was something that happened when he was 18 years old. He got saved. And he said, "I, I, I just couldn't understand it. He said, there was people that I hated before that I didn't hate then. There was people I couldn't stand before that now I cared about. Now, don't get me wrong. He still had issues, and he still had preferences and issues that he had to deal with. But, but overall, God changed his heart. You know what the Bible says? If you hate people, you don't have the love of God in you. Because you can't have the love of God in you and hate your brother. How can you love the one you say you can't see if you don't love the one you can see? Amen. We used to sing a little song when I was a kid growing up in church. Beloved, let us love one another. For love is of God, and everyone that loveth is born of God and knoweth God. He that loveth not knoweth not God, for God is love. 1 John 4, 7, and 8. Are you all with me? This is how this thing works. God first loves us, then we love others. And John's trying to say, we need to love each other. Then he says this. He says this at the end of his, his book. He says, if we love him, we'll keep his commandments. That's the exercise of love you know what I found out that if I love God doing what he tells me to do is no problem I don't have no issue with living right and talking right and dressing right why because I love him I want to be obedient to him I want to please him why I love him why do I love him because he first loved me he took the initiative he I'm about to bust another stitch. Say, man, I'm telling you, I'm feeling it. I couldn't get to where he was, so he came to me. I couldn't change my situation. I couldn't fix myself. I couldn't turn over a new leaf. That Listen. The Bible says, the psalmist says, I waited patiently on the Lord, and he inclined unto me. In other words, he leaned my direction. He inclined unto me, and he heard my cry, and he brought me up also out of a horrible pit, out of miry clay. And he set my foot on a rock and established my goings and put a new song in my mouth. You know what that psalmist is saying? When I couldn't get out, he came to me. He brought me out. He didn't call me out. He brought me out. That meant he got down there where I was. Amen? Amen. Lastly, Jude. Jude. Now, Jude was a half-brother to Jesus, just like James was. Now, a lot of times when when we hear the phrase Peter, James, and John, we're talking about the disciples. Y'all remember? Remember the fishermen, Peter, James, and John, the inner circle? Now, the James and the Jude here are not talking about the James there. They were the half-brother of Jesus. You see, Mary was Jesus' mother, but Joseph was not his father. God was his father. But after Jesus was born, Joseph and Mary came together, and they had children. And James that we just read and Jude that we're fixing to read, they were the half-brother to Jesus if that makes sense say man you see they didn't even believe that Jesus was who he said he was when they grew up with him would you what if all of a sudden you're 14 years old and and your brother turns to you and said I am God you would say you're a nut right They didn't believe him. They didn't believe he was... I saw a cool picture on Facebook. I I probably shouldn't say this, but it was way too funny. It was this this baby, this naked baby, standing on water, and Mary saying, get in! (laughs) How would you like to give baby Jesus a bath, and he didn't want to get in? (laughs) I know that didn't have nothing to do with the message, but it was funny. I can't help it. It was... They didn't believe him. They thought he was crazy. They thought he had lost his mind. But buddy, when he got out of that grave that third day, they changed their tune. And they became followers of the Messiah. They became believers and followers of the the Lord Jesus Christ. And they are issuing these warnings. And Jude, in his letter, this is what he was concerned about. Do you realize that we have a Christian faith, we have a Christian hope, we have a Christian love, but we also have a Christian fight? A fight. What do you mean a fight? A fight for truth. Look what the Bible says in Jude. Look what the Bible says in Jude verse 3. Beloved, when I gave all diligence to write unto you of the common salvation, it was needful for me to write unto you and exhort you, watch what he says, that ye should earnestly contend the faith you know what he's saying you need to fight for the truth now we don't need to fight over preferences and we don't need to fight over opinions and we don't need to fight over man's theories but when it comes to thus saith the lord the truth of the doctrines of the word of god we need to stand up and fight there are there are liars There are charlatans, there are deceivers, there are tricksters and shysters all over this world, and even in Coleman County that are teaching false doctrine, and we need to fight for the truth. Now, you can't fight for something you don't know. Hello. We need to know the truth and stand for the truth and fight for the truth. Are y'all with me? Not only that, but lastly, Jude says we need to earnestly contend for the faith. We need to fight. Well, there's so much I want to say about that. We don't have time. But he said this right here. He said there are people going to hell that we need to fight for. We not only need to fight for the truth, but he says we need to fight for the souls of men. Look what he says in verse 21. Keep yourselves in the love of God, looking for the mercy of the Lord Jesus Christ unto eternal life. And of some, watch what he says, have compassion, making a difference. And others, save with fear, pulling them out of the fire, hating even the garment spotted by the flesh. Preacher, what are you saying? The souls of men are precious. And Muslims are after them. Mormons are after them. Jehovah's Witnesses are after them. Hindus are after them. Listen, the devil is after your children. He is after your family. He is after your friends. And Jude is saying, we need to fight for the souls of men. We've got to stand up. We've got to tell people the truth. We've got to stand up and reach out and do everything we can to reach sinners for Jesus. Pulling them, the Bible says, with compassion. He says, have compassion pulling them out of the fire. Boy, I hope you'll join me in this fight. I hope you'll join me in this struggle. We're not in a a playpen. We're not on a playground. We're in a battlefield. When you walk out those doors, you're going into the devil's territory. But thank God the Word says, On this rock, I'll build my church. And the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Let's take back what the devil stole. Let's go into this wretched, broken down, corrupt world. And shine the light of the gospel in a dark place. And tell people there is hope. You don't have to live defeated. You don't have to live in despair. You don't have to live without hope. You don't, have to, you don't have to go to a grave. You don't have to go to a funeral. You don't have to go to a casket and go there with no hope. Why? Because there's hope in Christ. And all God's people say it. Father, thank you for your word and the truth that are found in these general epistles